episode 25. Okay, 2020. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And we are here to look back at quite the year that we've had, wouldn't you say? Let's say, yeah, it was it was a, a year for the history books, this one. It was a, you know, it's a bad year. It was, 2020 really sucked for, you know, most of the world's population. It was, it was a crummy year, but uh, I guess... I don't know. I've took some notes before uh, the podcast. I have some positive things to look back on, but yeah, definitely it was it was a tough year. Yeah, as uh, as we break it down, I think for me at the, at the end of it is like, okay, we survived this year, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> being able to like just make it through and not be as um, you know dinged up in some way or another as others when you look around and there's certain industries that are completely shut down yep right have have your doors closed like you know it it's a it's amazing when you think what it must be like to be in those types of industries i you know i that weighs heavy on me i really feel privileged to be in the digital marketing industry building SaaS software that, you know, people still need and are actively looking to sign up for. Like we're just in such a a fortunate position, whereas like so many other industries have been devastated. And so I think about that all the time about like, well, you know, we've got to recognize our privilege here. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, for, for better, for worse, however it happened accidentally on purpose, it isn't hard to look and be like, man, thank goodness my industry has, you know, survived this well. Obviously, some aspects of our of our industry have absolutely taken off because of what COVID has forced. Yeah, totally. If you uh, are at Zoom, a Zoom shareholder, any of those things, like you, you know how true that is, or just probably any product in the video conferencing or live communications. Uh, world is just skyrocketed based on immediate demand across the board. Totally. I really wish I had like thrown some money into Zoom when uh, in back in like March, early March, be like, oh, quick, put all of our investments into Zoom. It's going to be huge. Back back the dump trucks up to every tech stock in the last 10 months and you're not doing too bad anyway, right? Yeah, it's true. Oh, man. What, um, you know, what, what is your overall fit, right? It's like you have the the feeling of survival and whatever else, but maybe let's, let's start to, to dig a little deeper into that. Like when, when you look back, is there ways, do you feel like there's any ways you could break down, you know, the year into thirds or quarters or things like that and Mm -hmm. how you feel about like, are there transitions where you guys felt differently about it or adjusted? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, actually, because, you know, I come to the end of the year and I can think, all right, great. We have some we survived. We even thrived in some places. And I can look back at, at that and and feel overall the sense of, of we did it. But then 
gosh, if I think back to March, April, May, that was a that was a dark period, right? We uh, we had to we we saw a massive decline in revenue. We had to do some layoffs. We had to put um, you know we had to get all the government programs in place, and it was stressful. And it was like you know it was just this this period of uncertainty for myself and for all of our team members. And so people were stressed and worried about the pandemic. And, you know, we came out of that after about three months, things just started to recover. It was almost like people instantly had this fear of the world falling apart. And so everyone really tightened up expenses and and weren't spending any money. But then it was like, oh, well, I guess, this is our new reality and life will go on and we still need to buy things. And so business picked up again. How, how did, how did those first three months feel for you? Yeah, definitely. When you're dealing with the unknown, right? That's one of the hardest things where there's no game plan for it. You can't research your way out of it. You're just taking, you know, sometimes hour mm-hmm. by hour as, as it comes and and that same thing, right? And I, I was just kind of like wondering to myself while while you were talking, like I just wonder how much have people changed or where are they at in that progression, right? Those those first few months were so uncertain, and just as you outlined, like you can imagine this doomsday scenario where what you've built, what you're working on, whatever else, where where it all almost collapses on itself, right? Yeah. You you kind of envisioned, oh, everybody holds up. Business is just kind of killed off in, in every way, right? It, it felt like what's going to go on and continue on. You entertain those kind of thoughts. And then as time goes on, some of that regresses in certain areas um, in the world of, of software, at least. And then you 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 find, all right, well, here's the next thing we can do, right? And I think we started doing a lot of like, you know, short-term focus things like here's, here's the 30 day plan. Here's the next 30 day plan. Right. And it was kind of yeah. focused on just taking small chunks. Cause you can't predict or look at anything further than that. And I think we saw like, that was one thing that I took from some of the larger companies at some point when they're like, Hey, you know, and I can't remember if it was Apple or Twitter or Google or, you know, whoever did it first, but a, a couple of them definitely said like, Hey, we're remote until like June, 2021. Right. Yeah. They just said like, let's stop trying to look at this as like in two weeks, in two months, in two quarters. (laughs) And they just said like, yeah, well over a year from now, we're going to revisit this, but like, that's not something we need to deal with right now because it's just going to be vacillating all over the board. And I almost kind of took that as like, and applied that to other areas and said like, stop, you know, stop, just vacillating on all the what ifs, you'll drive yourself crazy and focus on the things that you can control and that you probably should control and things like that. Yeah. It was funny to, to like look back at some of the emails we got um, from that time, like in early March, it'd be like, we're closing our, uh, our shop, but you know, um, we expect to be reopened in three weeks. You know, people are like, they really thought this is going to be a short-term thing uh, in, in so many ways. Yeah. Well, we've never experienced anything like it. So you just, no, no one knew, right? Like everything, it was like, it depend, It depends on how much optimism you carried at the time. Right. You know, or, or in some circumstances, and you can get this, a business would also look and be like, hey, 
anything longer than this and we are in trouble, right? And I mean, that's where I feel with so many of these restaurants is like they're, they're not built to just shut down for a month, much less, you know, here in Minnesota where I live, they're on their second, you know, six week to eight week shutdown of, you know, no, no indoor dining at all in any capacity in, mm-hmm. in any way. And then to top it off, there's like, th- this time around, there's absolutely nothing that's lined up for support of what they need or helping them out, right? It's just this really wonky scenario of the government saying you can't operate and we also can't help you. And my, my hope is they're like, they should have already had help lined up before they asked them to do this again or mandated they did it again. But yeah. we're we're really starting to see some rumblings here between restaurants just all saying like we're we're not gonna do what you're asking us to do because you you give us no other choice to die. You're basically saying your business is dead. That's the only choice you have. It's gotta be so tough, like it be in the restaurant industry or in the travel industry right now. Just like, oh man, how are we gonna get through this, right? Yeah. Yep. What uh when 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 you look back, Darren, what's one thing that you feel like, okay, based on what took place this year, you know, what's what's one decision you really feel good about that you're like, all right, I I nailed that one. Pat's on the back. Um Well, it's tough to decide which one. I, I got two big wins over the past year. I think it was really a good move to launch. Uh, we came up with this concept of the EX replacement service. And the timing was really good right around the pandemic, uh, right around when the pandemic first came out, because a lot of people were looking at their their expenses, they're going through their credit card statement. And Yext stood out as a really expensive recurring fee and people were like it's something we still need and then i think so we launched our service at the right time where we could offer a better price better quality service right when people were looking for it and so that was a huge success it actually managed to keep our um the whole citation side of our business not just you know surviving but we actually did better than usual so i think that that was it that was a smart pivot a smart uh, launch. Uh, and uh, I think we did that one just, just right. How about you? What was your biggest win? Before we get to that, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Did you guys look at like keyword volume as well? of People typing like Yext replacement or Yext option or Yext alternative or like, what, what does that look like? Or did you look at that at all? We were not analytical about it at all. It was just a complete gut feel. <laughs> just like, quick, let's launch this thing. We were honestly in panic mode uh, after seeing the decline of our revenue and being like, we, we need to get something to, re- to replace that revenue as soon as possible. And we just, we just built it, pulled the trigger and launched it as soon as possible. But yeah, we, were not, we didn't really dig into it at all. See, here I am doing like a... <clears throat> search on quit yex and i just look at like the related suggestions and like yex cancellation policy what happens when you cancel yex and right. one of the suggested terms is white spark yex and white spark versus yex sweet we, whatever google google picked up on it we didn't even have to tell google <laughs> <laughs> the the number one organic result the best yex alternative stop paying i don't know it cuts off after that but probably says you're your life away, right? Uh, is that our result? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. landing page, X replacement service. 
Sweet. Yeah, that, that actually is intentional. Stop paying dot, dot, dot. And people are be like, what? Stop paying what? <laughs> and then they want to click through. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad for that that win for you. Thanks. Um, I, I don't know if I have a, I, anything as specific as that. I think the the biggest thing for us is just focusing on what we do best, and that's building product. Um, so we launched uh, social sharing. We did a yep. lot around like Google review attributes. Um, we went to work on our biggest feature yet to date, which isn't going to roll out until January, but um, inbox that's around like a ticketing system and mm-hmm. auto forwarding based on what the review is about. And you can create rules around who gets a review to be able to reply to it and why and and things like that. So we really just looked at it like, okay, sales aren't um, sales aren't hot depending upon the the industry and the size, you know, extremely cold. We saw like, you know, enterprise, large scale, like that market just went dead, right? Those guys yep. definitely circled the wagons. And, and as much as anything, I had, a, I had a couple where they're just like, hey, we've got the budget. We want to do this, but we can't switch gears or introduce a new service right now. Like it would crush our team because the amount of things that we're, we are already doing. Right. Um, and so the change management is what became tough on that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's our biggest thing. And it brought like our team happiness, right? Like every person in our org gets excited about a new feature and how it can help, right? Sales is excited to talk about it. Marketing is excited to write about it and, and create strategies around it. Customer success is happy because it you know gives them likely a solution to something that customers have been asking for or, or wishing they could do easier. Engineering's proud of what they've created. So that, that really helped us create a lot of internal wins by like, let's just, you know, keep building great things and let's, let's put all of our focus there because that's the most controllable thing for us right now. Yeah. You know, th- there's lots to look back and I, th- I think, you know, you should feel proud about uh, what you built and what you continue to iterate on at GatherUp. There's, there's, all those things are, are fantastic launches. You, you got to think about some companies. Like I got watched them. I'm like, they haven't done anything in a year. I'm not going to name names, but I'm like, I keep, I keep wondering, like, what's going on over there? Yeah, yeah, and who knows? I mean, and it could just be, you know, again, if the name of the game is survival, and depending upon, you know, how hard they're revenue took a hit and you're going through staffing changes and and things like that, like that, that can definitely derail those things. I mean, we saw some of that too. I mean, to transition into like the, the, the toughest or decisions you didn't love or whatever else like that, obviously, and I'm guessing, you know, probably you're, you're in the same boat with that is like when we had to furlough a couple of people and eliminate a position, Mm -hmm. like that was, that was terrible. Right. We, we, I talked about that openly on this episode. Like I sat and shed tears to eliminate a position of someone that was a great contributor to our org, but because of what the go forward in the moment had to be, that position was a a definite non-essential within that. And that, that was really excruciating. Oh man. Yeah. That, that, I think that might be the hardest part of, you know, being a founder, being the the person that runs the business is layoffs. Gosh, what's, I just hate that. It's the worst thing. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, 
because every time you hire, right, you feel like, okay, now I have responsibility for this person putting food on their table and taking care of their family and progressing their career. And right. You, you have all those things. And when you just bring a complete stop to it, especially in this case where it's, it's not from a like, Hey, you know, you never hit expectations. You were a poor performer. We gave you chances. We worked on an improvement plan and none of those things happened. Like that wasn't around this. It was just a, Hey, we have to tighten the belt. And so we have to look at like what is most non-essential as this belt is tightened and how things move, move forward. And, and, and when in, you're inside of an org, right, with us being acquired, it wasn't 100% all my say. Yeah. And that, you know, I wasn't, I, I can see where um, the company decided that. I personally wasn't personally aligned with it. And that, that made it even more conflicting, right? Just made it even harder. That's an awkward thing. Like, you know, you, you've been used to calling all the shots and you're like, oh, wait a minute, someone else is calling some of these shots now. Yep. No, that's a, that's, that is a massively difficult thing to adjust to if you're acquired and you stay on, um, yeah. going from being able to lead in those ways, good or bad to being someone that you might have some say or some influence, but ultimately you're probably doing more to carry out someone else's final decision is a much different position. So yeah, totally. Yeah. It's kind of like Darren, I'm sure this happens to you, right? Like your wife tells you like, Hey, we're not going to hang out with those people and you need to let them know you have to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm not telling them you are right. Um, outside of that. So there's so many other things, right? Let's maybe zoom out and take a look at some things outside of, we could obviously talk and who wants to really talk about COVID at length. Um, I, I don't, I think we've I'm already spent, of it. Yeah, I'm I think of it. We've spent enough time on that and looking to transition out of that. But, you know, outside of that, what's another thing that was like just an awesome challenge that went really well or really bad for you guys this year? Yeah, huge win was, and it'd been in the works for like pre pre pandemic. We were really busy trying to launch our new local citation finder, and so if if I look at our uh, trajectory of um, subscription count, like it had been dropping week after week after week for about a year, just just losing subscriptions, bleeding them. It's been, it had been horrible. And we're like, Oh my God, we got to fix the system. And so we launched our new system, I think in April. And from that point on, it was a complete reversal in our subscriptions. We, we then shifted gears to a growth mode and it has been growing week over week over week ever since we did that launch. And so it's the kind of thing that's like, Oh, this is how SAS company is supposed to work you know you you should see week over week growth in your subscriptions and so a big part of that of course is retention right so i think our new software um, really helps to uh, keep people engaged and retain those people and continue to deliver value which has been uh, massive for us and so a huge win i'm so thrilled with it i can't wait till we launch the next iteration on that uh, software, which should come in early 2021. And and that's when we're going to raise prices. We've talked about that on the previous podcast. But for me, that was just, that's the, the most standout win uh, business-wise in 2020. And I would guess with that, right? It wasn't like the there were wins in how the 
the the product, the local citation finder performed, right? And what you said, like reducing churn and turning it into growth and yep. things like that. But th- there's probably also like bigger learnings, right? That you you took away from this in like when to make a move, how to think about it. What what's really important to a, a customer? What's important mm-hmm. for your product to survive? Like yeah. that that probably is invaluable, right? Yeah, and I, I think there's two big things. Um, if I had to look at the success of the local citation finder, the two big things for me are, uh, you know, continuing like the software has to continue to provide value, um, and it didn't before. And I think that's that's probably pretty obvious to anyone in SaaS. Um, and then design. I really think that the updated design, the general, like, how does this thing feel to use? Do I enjoy using it? Does it feel modern? Is it you know, because the old design was just such, it was just old and trash. It was outdated. And I think that the design has a huge impact. Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm a massive believer uh, in that. I always get excited when I see user feedback that's raving about our user experience and yep. the interfaces, especially when they've come from a competitor, right? And they're just yeah. like, oh, it's so much more intuitive and organized and clean. And I'm just like, yes, feed my ego. Thank you. <laughs> Well, especially as the world of SaaS evolves and you've got 10 competitors in, for every application, the only, and they all basically have the same feature set, then what sets you apart? And it's how does this system feel to use? Is it easy? Is it you know enjoyable? Like, Is there any kind of fun in the application? All of those things, uh, I think, are so critical um, as things get more and more competitive to set yourself apart. Customer experience, baby. Yep. Yeah. And so actually I'm right on the horizon. We may even, I don't know, we're talking today with the dev team about launching it on Monday is our brand new local rank tracker, which has has exactly that. It's it doesn't really have much functionality improvement, a couple of things, but we're uh, the design has been completely redone, which gives that great user feel, which I think will have a, a positive impact on both new signups and retention. I can't wait to pull the trigger on that one too. There you go. You can tell your users Merry Christmas with that one. That's a good idea, actually. Thank you. (laughs) There's a new local rank tracker in your stocking. Boom. (laughs) Oh, man. These are some good ideas. Wait till you see the email we send out. You'll be like, I wrote that email. There you go. Software stocking stuffers from WhiteSpark. I would also think, Darren, that you would have to agree. And I'm I'm interesting even getting further out from it. but, and I think it was September, but your guys' local search summit was definitely, mm. uh, I, I felt like it was a highlight because it allowed me to connect with the community I'm super close to that I didn't get those opportunities in 2020 to do that in person. But yep. your guys' event, because of the speakers and the quality of speakers and the number of attendees, like that, that was a big like energy creative boost uh, to me, for sure. What? How, how do you feel about that? And especially getting months past that, have you seen any like residual benefits from it? Yeah, I think that the summit was huge in terms of um, sort of brand positioning, brand establishing. We introduced our brand to a lot of new people, and I think it's really hard to measure. Like, did you know? We've been doing fine since the summit. You know, haven't seen any massive explosive growth, but 
you never know if like we would have seen declines if it wasn't for the summit, right? And so did, did the summit help keep us steady and with some small growth over the last little while? You know, it's hard to know. I think the summit for sure was uh, a huge success. The amount of work that went into it was uh, kind of unbelievable. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but it's now, uh, you know, firmly rooted uh, as a as a as a thing in our industry, and we will continue to run it every year. And I think um, it's it's just going to pay dividends every time we do it. I think there's there's huge value in it. It was uh, it was wonderful, like, and it was also really great to just be able to connect with everyone. I personally did every one of those talks. Like, I, I you know had the opening intro, watched the presentation, had the Q and A at the end. So it was just it was just really nice to connect with everybody during a a relatively unstable time. Yeah, no, it was really well done. Thanks. Another friend of mine just got done in the last week or two carrying out, they're an association and they have a giant annual conference that's usually held in Florida and, you know, like a, a ton of attendees from all over the country. They're all boat and marine dealers mm-hmm. and they had to switch to a virtual this year. Sure. And there is a lot of apprehension in their industry when you're dealing with a product that, you know, their their expo floor are these giant boats and right. out, outboard engine, right? So different from a software conference where everybody's booth is just TV screens and um, yep. demoing products. So, you know, it, it was really interesting. And um, he and I walked through and he talked about, you know, they went back and forth from a free to charging for it and everything else. And they ended up charging for it and saying like, nope, our content's great. And we get that relationships and connections are super valuable, but like our content is amazing. And the the long story, story short is like, they said it was an on the feedback they got um, from their attendees was they, they were floored. Like they had more people attend because people didn't have to travel to go to it. Yep. Um, they, they still, you know, they, they basically doubled the amount of like per person attendees because the access was easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they use a platform. I want to say it's called swap card. Um, and yeah, a virtual event platform. And he just said it was, it was unreal. It's like had a lot of really great built in features they had a sponsor provide like a DJ and a band in between sessions and things like that. And he's right. like, they had, and they literally had some of their boat dealers, like they'd set up viewing parties of the conference. They're sitting in like a pontoon boat they're selling with like a 50 inch screen, all watching the conference together. Um, and so he just said like all the things that went on with it were just uh, unbelievable. And to me, it's really cool to see things like that, that, you know, have adapted over the year and having to do something completely different for the first time ever and completely crushing at it. Because just as he said, there's plenty of people that were telling them like, you'll never make it. It won't happen. The conference will flop. People won't like it. And then it's going to hurt when you do it in person next year. Right. There's a lot of people that were just like, you shouldn't even do one. And so it was so great to see him persevere from charging for it finding a a great way to present it, getting more people involved. And now they're considering like, even if we can do our event in person next year, we should do a virtual at the midway to get more people involved. That's an interesting thing. You know, I think about that too. It's like, you know, we'll probably be virtual again um, in 2021, but then 
we, I would love to do an in-person event in 2022, but when I do that, I have to keep the virtual version too, right? You're going to have to do both now. It's like, you want to come in person? Awesome. Let's, let's meet, let's do this in-person thing, but we have to broadcast it. It has to, we have to leave it open because that is the future of events, I think. And the pandemic has created that for almost every, every conference. Yep. Yeah. We'll definitely see a lot more of it. What what uh what would you say is one thing that you learned as a leader in this last year with all of its challenges? Yeah, I think one thing I learned as a leader was just the importance of regular communication, uh, regular check-ins, um, just really um, me trying to connect with my team better than I had been in the past. It was I think it was it was certainly really important during those difficult times um, to have very clear, regular communication with the team. And then I really ramped it up. We, we built, I, I personally built a whole new system for doing annual reviews and quarterly check-ins. Uh, I feel like that whole process has been really valuable. So it's just for me, just dialing in kind of our HR stuff, just, I, it's been, it's been super important. And it was, it was definitely something I learned in 2020 and uh, will serve me well going forward, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome because it will pay dividends over and over again with your existing team. And yeah. as you grow, the new people you build on, now you have so much better of a structure to do that. And people understand their role and performance and their piece in the ecosystem and, and all that. So yeah, I think that'll that'll pay dividends over and over again. That's awesome. Yeah, it feels like it was kind of an area that I wasn't good at before. It was like... uh you know, I'm just some guy who started a company and, oh, now I've got a team of 30 people. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I guess I should learn how to be a better manager, you know? And so I needed to dial in some of that stuff. How about you? What are some of the, what did you learn as a leader in 2020? Yeah, it it really showed me the importance uh, in an area where I constantly have to work on and I'll, I'll explain why it's so tough for me. But um, I, I think just like empathy, and like self care for the the team really being a, a big thing and and how much like connection and communication is important to them some of the things that, that you talked about as well but you know i'm i'm so wired to be excited about the work like i am a workaholic i fight that balance of not being in front of a screen or researching or reading or testing mm-hmm. or or doing whatever else um and i also have this like for for right or for wrong, like my own um, maybe personal struggles or challenges. Like I don't bring those into to work with me, um, and work a lot of times is almost an escape to that. Right? I'm sure a psychologist would, yeah. would break would break me down and be like, "Well, sure. <laughs> you're just bottling that and whatever." But it's like, yeah, I I like love that part. Work is like a, a hobby. It's a passion all those kind of things. And so, but I have a hard time um, realizing that that's not true for a lot of people, right? right. Like that line yeah. is much thinner and they cross over it back and forth. And, you know, it, it, it really had me looking a lot at like, how do I make sure that people feel taken care of and protected? How do they have space to talk about how they feel, whether it's uncertainty or confidence or, Mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And some of it too, it wasn't just COVID that presented that. It was coming out of selling the company, right? Where 
you're like you're pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing, and then you cross this line that that really is a finish line to some extent, right? Yeah, it feels and, like it. And then yeah, and then you get on the other side, and then you realize like, oh well, I still want all of these people to have the career that they want, and yeah, their finish line might not have been the company being acquired, and and so you have to like retrain your focus on those things. So for me, it's been just like trying to balance those out and having more empathy as a leader for people's personal lives and how those things work. And then, and realizing too, sometimes, right. It's, it's, it's great that I can be so laser focused, so heads down, so obsessive sometimes, but then I also need to realize for myself, I'm probably locking myself out of something else in my life. I should be present in or deal with, um, or, or take care of, but I run to my go-to of, great, here's work that allows me to be productive and focus and whatever else and yeah. run away from something else. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a, a therapist listening that could have a chat with us? Because, man, now all that stuff really resonates with me. It's it's just like, for me, I'm just it's like, oh, if something's, um, you know, difficult in my personal life, then well, I've always got the work life that it's just a continual source of positive reinforcement. It's like, I know that I can push hard, do this thing, get recognition for it, you know, see the success. And it's just this like thing that I can always turn to. If I, if I, it's like a pick me up, you know, it's like, I'm feeling, yeah. feeling bad at, down about something, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably not healthy, but uh, maybe it's, it's healthier than other, other escapes. I would say at least yeah. there's that. <laughs> The other thing is I know I do the opposite, right? If like work's really hard and I'm getting kicked in the teeth there, I'll bring yeah. it into my personal life and ask, you know, Marcy, my wife or, you know, family time, I'll use that to like heal me or medicate me or do whatever else. Right. But I don't, yeah. the opposite should probably be done to some extent too, where it's like, Hey, work, take a back seat to deal with these other things or be more, just be more present. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm working on it too. I think I think we're both aware of it and working on it. Yeah, I don't know. I probably need to work a lot harder on it. I'm I'm, I'm maybe barely at the tip of awareness, but I can do. I definitely can do better with it. Yeah, yeah. So, la lastly, let's take a peek. What what are you looking forward to in 2021? Like, you know, let's let's say we get the pandemic under control, right? Now, I don't think yeah. we're, you know. Uh, eradicated isn't the thing, but like we get back to uh, a 70, 80% level of where we sure. were normal. We're still making smarter decisions on contact and, you know, things like that. But like, what, what are you looking forward to next year? Um, I think I, I, I have low optimism about our ability to get back to normal and get back to seeing people in person. I, I don't think we're going to see much of that. Um, and so, you know, maybe by the end of the year, but I'm, I'm just, I think like by summer, we might be getting closer to it depending on the state of vaccines. But then I worry about the fall again, the fall, the second surge type thing um, concerns me. And so I just, I just don't have a lot of optimism that we will be back to seeing people in person, but I can definitely look back and think about what I'm grateful for with, the the lockdown and it was just this opportunity to get closer with my family during this time it's like we spend 
every waking moment together. We are connected all the time. It's like we're learning how to care for each other better. We're learning how to, you know, argue better. We're just we're just getting better at being together and and there's this closeness is is growing. I feel, you know, closer to to both my wife and my daughter than than I ever have been. And so I can look back and be grateful for that. And I can look forward to strengthening that really, those relationships going forward, you know? Um, and then I feel unbelievably optimistic about where we're headed as a company. Um, all of our legacy code is basically uh, complete now. Like we, we don't have any more legacy stuff that we've been dealing with in our software, which opens us up to have much quicker uh, sprints, release dates. And, um, you know, I've recently promoted uh, one of our developers into a team lead position. I just really feel like we've dialed that in and we're about to hit our stride with like weekly releases of awesome new features, tons of stuff happening, really expanding our software and uh, finally breaking free of of some of the chains that have been holding us back for many years. So I don't know. I, I feel extreme optimism about 2021. You, despite the pandemic. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, gratitude is definitely a, a healthy thing. I'm probably concerned with you if your wife and daughter are going to get better at debating and arguments with you, like you are <laughs> going to be in a lot of trouble, my friend. So. Well, no, no, they've always been way superior to me. I'm just, oh. I'm just stepping up a tiny bit. <laughs> oh, nice. You're gaining ground. Good. Yeah, Good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning how to argue a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And yeah, that man, that is so freeing when you know you you hit points in things where you like reduce technical debt and yeah. yeah. You just feel like okay, now now we have an opportunity for an efficiency sweet spot because we don't have these hidden uh-ohs or these things that just kind of, you know, hold us back that you kind of look at and you're just like how why is it that that's holding us back, right? Something that almost feels irrelevant to some point, right? But yeah. it's like this invisible hurdle that is very, very real to get over. Yeah, and you know, we deal with it on a weekly basis. Like our legacy, some of our legacy software, particularly it's our, it's our account system, which is like, it distracts our developers nonstop from like progressing on new new initiatives. And that is, you know, early 2021, we'll be launching our new account system and then building a whole system on top of it, which, uh, man, can't wait. How about you? What are you looking forward to most in 2021? Yeah, well, I uh, I can't share everything yet, but let's just say probably the next time you and I record in January, right? We're a, a week out of Christmas right now, and this will probably post just before Christmas, but I, I will probably have some news to share that's some pretty big changes. So oh, exciting. Let, yeah, let's just say I'm excited about change and maybe getting back to some roots of some things, um, but there, a lot of excitement, a lot of big ideas, and uh, I think I'm going to make some of those happen in 2021. So, Yep, yep. I, I have a little bit of inside knowledge on some of that, and uh, I'm excited for your 2021. I think it's going to be amazing. Me too. I'll either, uh, you know, I'll either go down in a ball of uh, burning flames or I'll just be constantly on fire. I mean, I don't it's know. The it'll, opposite. It'll... You're going to be rising up like a phoenix from the flames. <laughs> all right. I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I think we'll, um, 
you know, as, as far as uh, this podcast, which I'm also super grateful for the the time that you and I get to sit down and talk every month and same catch up before we hit record and get to do the episodes together and banter and share. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the the content that we'll be talking about next year, just based on some of that stuff. I think it'll it'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun to be talking about the stages of something new, I think will be yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Also looking forward to that. So much to talk about in 2021. We got big plans, you and I. There we go. We're going to 2021. We're going to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> At least part of it. Small, yeah, just, small, just, small, tiny piece of the world. Uh, 10 miles north of the Canadian border and 10 miles south of the Canadian border. We're going to take that part over. Whoa, that'd be huge. If we could get that much. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> oh, Awesome. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's wrap it up, Darren. I wish uh, you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all, all of that stuff. And uh, oh, may, maybe we'll sneak in some time to to chat in between in between the holidays. But if if not, I can't wait to talk to you uh, to start off 2021. Yeah, I would love to sneak in some time to chat, and you know, wishing you and your family a, a great holiday break and. Um, yeah, to all our listeners too. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday break. I know it's weird times. Uh, enjoy Zooming with your family as much as you can. And uh, yeah, look forward to continuing this podcast journey with you all in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening throughout 2020. You've probably had more podcast minutes logged than uh, ever before. And happy if we're one of the ones you've chosen to be in your rotation. Yep. Thanks. All right. Take care, Darren. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye, everybody.